Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons. Up next is a multi-part teaching session from Brother Lauren Larson. We know this message titled, Servant Debtor, will be a blessing to you. Now, here is part one of the teaching. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll get right to work. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to endeavor to teach your word. And I'm asking that the anointing and the presence of the Holy Spirit would come. Lord, that you would give us the touch from heaven that we are needing so desperately this morning so that we might adequately share your word with the people that are gathered here. And Father, that same anointing needs to rest on the people and bring their understanding to the Scriptures. Open their eyes and their understanding to the truths of Your Word. And we require Your presence to do that. So let the preacher come. Let the teacher come. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I'd ask you to turn this, if you have a Bible, if 1 Corinthians 9, 19, 23 uh, is our passage that we're going to dissect. I want to share with you something that uh, has been birthed in my heart as a result of the message of the cross and where I think it is going. The message of the cross is the most important message that the church could ever have. But we need to understand what the message of the cross is. The message of the cross is the foundational teaching of what it takes to be saved and what it takes to continue in growth regarding that salvation. When Paul said, I was determined to preach nothing but Christ and Him crucified, he was reminding the church at Corinth that when he came, he offered no other way and no other means of salvation but faith in Christ. Faith in Christ, the one who loved us and gave himself for us. He died for us. And that is the key element of salvation. When you place your faith in Christ, you become a member of the family of God. Can I get a good amen there? And you are immediately baptized into Christ, and you are immediately uh, made a part of the body of Christ. You don't earn it. Uh, you don't progressively get to the place where God finally accepts you. Looking upon the heart, the Holy Spirit immediately places you into the body of Christ. You become a member of the body of Christ and you are justified, you are sanctified, and you are regenerated. The Holy Spirit takes up residence within you and can, and starts to transform you. That is immediate. That's why a drunk like me 39 years ago could accept Christ as a Savior and be changed the next day. That's why a drug addict like me could accept Christ 39 years ago. And really not knowing anything, not knowing anything at all, experience the mighty powerful changing that the power of salvation brings to every single born-again believer. When we are born again, then secondly, the second aspect of the message of the cross, and this is what we have taught and preached for over 27 years in Baton Rouge, uh, is the process of growth. The process of growth is not based upon works. It's based upon uh, simple faith in Christ. Who Christ is and what Christ has done uh, glorifies Christ. So when the object of our faith is resting in Jesus, and we recognize that He is the author and the finisher of our faith, He is our justifier. He is our sanctifier. Then the Holy Spirit is pleased with the object of our faith and it gives Him the green light, if you will, to continue the work that has, that He began the moment you were born again. 
Now, maybe some of you were, were born again as a child in the church and you never had one of those transformations that was easy to spot. Mine was easy to spot. Uh, and so the changes that Jesus made were just powerful and true and real, and I've rejoiced over them ever since. Six, six months after I was saved and after the drugs disappeared, after the quaalude disappeared, after the pornography disappeared, after the chewing disappeared, after the tobacco, I, I could just keep going. After that disappeared and God was working on the hard stuff, the content of the heart, um, six months after I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. So I know personally, without a doubt, that the baptism with the Holy Spirit is not the power source for transformation. Salvation is. And if we have the right object of faith, the Holy Spirit that lives in us will transform us and won't stop. So the baptism with the Holy Spirit is that power source that equips us to do, for instance, what I'm doing today. The anointing of the Holy Spirit that comes upon us when we ask for the preacher to come, the teacher to come. We are looking for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit to give us the ability to do what God has called us to do. And it doesn't matter if you are called into ministry or if you're a singer or if you are a, a father or a mother. If you're, if you're one of those people that are bound to share your faith, and can I just say it to you, everybody is bound by love to Christ to share their faith. Say amen. Uh, then you need the baptism with the Holy Spirit, but that's power for service. That's supernatural equipping to, for the spirit of prophecy. And it also, I believe, and this is a discussion and in, in some cases a debate, opens up the believer for the potential of the gifts of the Spirit and other supernatural phenomena that work. So we don't demean the baptism with the Holy Spirit through the message of the cross. We actually accentuate it and give a strong foundation of change for the message. So in 27 years, 28 years, as I've sat next to Brother Swigert, these are the things that we have taught. These are the things that we have preached. These are the things we are learning. And it was 1988 when Brother Swigert, in a time frame in his life that most difficult, the Lord spoke to him and said, I'm going to show you some things about the Holy Spirit that you don't now know. Well, that's Mr. Pentecost. He knew a lot about Pentecost. But what he didn't understand was what the Holy Spirit did relative to salvation. How powerful the working of the Spirit is when a person has the right object of faith. So the message of the cross is a message that focuses in on Jesus. Can I get a good amen there? And we look to Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our, of our faith, because of what he did for us at Calvary. And when we place our faith in Him, we're saved, justified, washed, immediately brought into the kingdom. And when we're baptized with the Holy Spirit, we are empowered for service. But I don't live under power for service. I do and I should live under the power of the Holy Spirit for transformation. No fair interviewing my wife, but there are still some things that need to be changed about me. Well, what are they, Brother Larson? Taint none of your business. Work on your own, don't worry about mine. 
But that's going to be an eternal, never-ending process because Jesus is working to conform us to the image of Himself. And in a moment in time in the future, the trump of God is going to sound, and in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed and we will be glorified. And that transformation change will forever be eternal and our process of growth will be over. But until then, I need to maintain a proper object of of faith so that the Holy Spirit can continue to transform me. I need to depend upon the Holy Spirit to show up whenever I minister so that the power of the Holy Spirit is actually the force behind my ministry, not my natural talent or education or ability to speak or ability to sing or play. None of those things. It's got to be the power of the Holy Spirit because that's power breaks down the walls. Now, Having said all that, I just say it to make sure that you understand where I'm coming from when I talk about the message of the cross. It's not singular. It's about salvation first and sanctification second. And it's our duty, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to take these truths, to take this message to every single person on the planet. And one of the things that I see in the Apostle Paul and I've learned and that has been so valuable to me this year that I want to share with you is the liberty that Paul had, the liberty that Paul felt, the freedom that he had to share the gospel with whoever he thought was necessary, whoever the Lord led him to, and to not worry about what anybody else thought about what he was doing. Because there's, if you never side up alongside people that don't know the gospel, they will never learn it. And if you don't be around people that don't know the gospel, they will never see it. So we can't close ourselves off on a mountaintop and just say, come up to me. The gospel says, and this is the premier purpose of the gospel, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Now, as boring as that might sound to you on a Saturday morning in the rain, uh, that's the most important aspect of our lives, to be changed and to be sharing the gospel. And that's what I came to talk to you today about, because I'm tired of being criticized for taking this where I should. Uh, and that means I have to be careful about where I go and who I associate with. But I have a responsibility, and that responsibility is to point all men to Christ, wherever they may be in this journey of life. And when I look at the Apostle Paul and I studied these passages over the last year, I cried, I shouted, I rejoiced because I saw that Paul operated in a complete freedom, not to compromise what he believed, but not worried about what everybody else thought about him as he went to the different groups of people that exist. So I want to encourage you in the same manner today, and I want you to take a look at some of these categories because as we go through them, you're going to find out that the Apostle Apostle Paul has a has a purpose. Pastor, he's got a, a journey in mind for himself and all of us. And we are free. Thank God we're free. We're free not to be bound by a fellowship or a religious group or a denomination. And all of those are fine. God puts the solitary in families. He puts us places where we can grow. So those are necessary things in the body of Christ. I, I like coming home to my wife. I better say that. She's sitting right here. I like having a home church to go to. But neither one of those things save me or transform me. They're just a part of my comfort zone for my growth. 
growth. When I make either my home or my church or what I'm doing the premier aspect of my life and I point people to that, I'm no longer preaching Him. I'm preaching me. And we must not. So let's take a look at this and see if we can learn some things. Verse 19 of 1 Corinthians 9. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. Now watch that. Servant, it literally means bond slave, and we'll come back to it. Verse 20. And the Jews, and unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. Now you're going to see that Paul is going to saddle up to the Jew, and we'll define that group of people and even bring it into today's uh, setting. To them that are under the law, as under the law. We're going to define that group of people. It's a second group. uh, That I might gain them. Notice what Paul's motivation is. It's not money. It's not popularity. It's not so that each group will accept me and like me. It's so that I can enter into some form of relationship with humanity that doesn't know what I know about Jesus and bring them the truth of that gospel so that they can experience the joy and the liberty and the freedom that I have in Christ. So I am, you see it? So that I want to gain them that are under the law. Verse 21, to them that are without law. Now these are the lawless people. These are the, in his day, it was the Gentile world. It was the people out there that don't know anything about church, don't know anything about God and couldn't care less. They have conscience, but conscience has been severely um, seared by sin and by life. And yet Paul says, I'm going to go to these people too. Being, And then he says this, to them that are without law as without law. Then he qualifies it just to make sure we know. Being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ. Now, I'm going to get into that a little bit later, especially in the second session. But the term under the law to Christ really gives us a term that Paul refers to in Galatians 6 and 2, and that's Christ's law. This this Greek term actually indicates the law of Christ, Christ's law, or being in-lawed to Christ. So Paul has a series of what he refers to as laws that he lives under. And those laws are the ways and means of the new covenant, how we have a relationship with God. Paul binds himself to that. There's no other way of salvation. There's no other way of sanctification. We all need the power of the Holy Spirit to get this done. He's not going to change that. He's not going to alter from that. And not only that, the moral codes of the new covenant, which far outweigh and further make a higher demand on the believer in the new covenant for moral responsibility, far more than the old covenant ever did, these are also included in Christ's law. People that don't understand that don't understand the covenant that they're in. The Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, when when He does, He, he doesn't give you the Ten Commandments. He talks to you about how you talked about to the waiter that just dropped off the wrong plate at your table. He's going to talk to you about how you responded to the person that cut you off in the rain as you were coming to church. Dear listeners of Power of the Cross Radio, we're reaching out to you today with a heartfelt request that can make a world of difference. Our mission to spread hope, 
faith, and inspiration relies on your generous support. For years, Power of the Cross Radio has been a guiding light, bringing you messages of love, healing, and spiritual growth. But to continue touching lives, we need your help. Your contributions enable us to produce quality content, reach wider audiences, and keep the message of faith alive. Every dollar you offer is an investment in nurturing souls and fostering a community of believers. Join hands with us today. Your offering, whether big or small, holds the power to transform lives. Together, we can ensure that the light of power of the Cross Radio continues to shine brightly. Visit our website at www.cross.radio to make your secure donation. Remember, it's not just a financial contribution, it's a step towards spreading love, hope, and the message of the Cross to those who need it most. Thank you for being a part of this incredible journey. Your support fuels our mission, and together, we can make a profound impact. Now, back to the message. He's going to talk to us about how we live, what we say. And he's going to take the moral code of God that we're responsible to and tell us, now, follow this, separate from the world. Don't talk like that. Don't dress this way. Don't go there. Don't do this. And it's a higher moral code. It's Christ's law. So Paul says, I'm not, I'm not, uh, going to people that don't have any law whatsoever and living like they do. I'm always and never, I'm always, uh, cognizant of Christ's law and I'm cognizant of that. So when I slide up next to someone, I'm not going to compromise what I believe and I'm not going to sin the way they're sinning in order to meet them and talk to them. But I might show up where they're sinning. Come on, somebody. I might show up and, and be, make them a little bit uncomfortable. So when I do that, I'm not under the law, but I'm not without law. I'm bound to Christ. Why? Here it is again. That I might gain them. That I might gain them. Then we see in verse 22, to the weak became I as weak that I might gain the weak, I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And the weak are those that are saved, but they don't truly understand the new covenant. And we'll talk about these categories as we go. Lastly, and this I do, all these things we do, ladies and gentlemen, uh, not so that we can become what God wants us to become and perform the actions and the activities that God wants us to for the gospel's sake. For the gospel's sake. I love my family, but I can't make them my priority. They are a priority, but they can't take the priority over Christ and my responsibility to Christ. My wife and I were talking when I was coming up here, and I said, man, I'm going to be turning 65 this year. i got 20 good years left. I'm not sure that I want to push it as hard as I have these last 40. She said, Warren, what else are you going to do? Well, you know, park by the lake for a while, and yeah, that would probably last me about a week, but I can dream a little. Anyway, we do what we do for the gospel's sake, for Jesus' sake, because of what he's done for us. So what is the ultimate goal uh, of the believer? To become a debtor, recognize that we are, and to become a servant. The premier purpose of the believer is to be changed into the image of Christ and then point others to Him. That's us. That's what we as Christians are called to be 
and to do. And the message of the cross, the power of the Holy Spirit equips us in all those arenas. So we want to talk about what does it mean to be a servant? What does it mean to be a debtor that we might gain all men? Father, we thank You uh, for Your Word. We ask that You'd help us now to make clear these things that ultimately need to be understood in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul says, For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all men. That's the verse, and here's what we're going to talk about. Paul sees himself as a servant to all men. Servant to all men. Paul is not one of those people that denies his liberty. He's free in Christ. He's more free than anyone else on the planet, as you will see in, as we uh, move forward. But when we insist on our freedoms, I guarantee we're going to end up hurting ourselves and other people. Paul said this, all things are lawful for me. And right away I can hear religious believers going, oh, what? First six, first Corinthians 6 and 12. He said, all things are lawful for me. I'm not bound by laws. But here's what I'm bound by. But all things are not expedient. Not everything is profitable. So his liberty is to do anything that as long as it remains profitable. It doesn't interfere with his love for God and his work for God. It doesn't compromise his faith. And it doesn't abuse or run contrary to the Word of God that God has stated to us. He's not insisting on his liberty. Today we have Christians, well, I can drink, I can do drugs, I can do, I can do, I can do, and we're insisting on liberty. And anytime you insist on liberty, I can tell you, you're going to end up being hurt. Oh, well, I'm at I don't have to go to church. I don't have to read my Bible. I don't, that doesn't make, I understand that, I understand that you're at liberty, but you're, you, you know, you need to do those things that are expedient. When you were born again, your inner man, the spirit of man, is recreated in regeneration. And it's recreated to give you a receiver. And the Holy Spirit moves inside of you, and He speaks to the you into your spirit, and He begins to reveal to you the nature and character of God. That's the Holy Spirit speaking or bearing witness to our spirit. In Romans 8, the one of the first things that the Holy Spirit does is that He bears witness that we are the sons and daughters of God. He speaks to our spirit. So we have nothing, absolutely nothing, that we can be puffed up about because there's nothing that we have that we haven't freely received. We didn't earn it. Now, you might have been on a fast when God revealed something to you. You still didn't earn it. At that moment in time, before you got proud about what He gave you, um, you were desperate to hear from God. And that's what opens up the Spirit to speak to us. Knock. Seek, ask. We should be doing those things. But when we receive them, we certainly can't use them as a club to beat up other people that don't know it. And Paul was not that. He refuses to use truth to beat up other people, whether the lost or the saved. Thirdly, Paul says here that he is a bond slave. That's what the word servant really means. A bond slave. A bond slave is described in Exodus 21, but it's a person that operated in the Hebrew community as a, probably as a farmer or a merchant or as a, 
most of the time it was a, 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 a category of farming because that was their agricultural income. Most people had inheritances that included land and farming. And if they had a couple of bad years, this man might have found himself in great debt, unable to pay it, and he would have to indenture himself to another Hebrew. But the law of Moses set rules about how long that man could be indentured. And after the sixth year was over, in the seventh year, the man he was indentured to, uh, it, how it worked was he would work for the other man and without having debts further billed, and in that time frame of indentureship, he was able to pay off his bills. So at the end of six years, he could go back and take care of his inheritance, his bills being paid. And that man had to let him go. But sometimes there were people that traveled through that circumstance and that situation, and they found themselves loving this situation that of being under someone else. They absolutely found it delightful. No worry about the bills. Didn't have to worry if the rain came or not, whether the crop got in or not. I'm going to do my job, and no matter what happens, I'm going to have a place to sleep. I'm going to have some income. I'm going to have it. And besides that, my master is kind. I like working for this guy. Everything is perfect. I'm not, I don't want the headache any longer of um, taking care of my own. So I'm going to surrender my will for the rest of my life to this man, uh, and I'm going to indenture myself forever. And that was what a bond slave was. Someone who, for the love of their master and the love of the situation the master created, gave themselves eternally to the master. And they would take that individual and put him up against a doorpost and pound his ear and put a hole in it, driving all through it. And that mark was the mark of a bondservant. So one aspect of being a bondservant, Paul's favorite description of himself, was a person who fell in love with his master and his master's work and didn't want to do anything. And, and, and that person was willing to have their will swallowed up in the will of their master. That's a bondservant. But there was another circumstance that came up sometimes when the man would go to work for another, especially if he was single, they might uh, find another one of the, the people working for him, uh, a female, and like her, and decide to get married. And over the course of six years, uh, maybe have a child, maybe two. At the end of the six years, again, when the, when the time frame was up and that man was free to leave, the problem was his wife and his children were not. They still belong to the man that uh, he put himself under. So another reason why people became a bond slave was for love of other people. Now let's just pull that into today. Paul says, I'm a bond slave. Love of master, my own will, swallowed up in the will of the master, just for love of the master and his work. Oh yes, and for love of other people. I want other people to know what I want. So Paul insists and that he is, in fact, a servant and is a servant to all men. So I'm going to ask you this morning, number one, do you see yourself as a servant of God? And two, do you see yourself responsible to minister to the needs of all men according to the will of your master, despite opposition from a friend or foe? 
Will you be, are you a servant? Are you a bond slave? You can think about that. Verse 10. Paul didn't just see himself as a servant, and he doesn't say it here, so I'm going to go outside of this text and deal with this. But one of the things that Paul sees himself as is a debtor. A debtor is someone who owes, right? We owe somebody something because of something they have done for us or because of something we have received. So Paul sees himself as a debtor. Uh, Paul says um, that he is a debtor because he has received salvation. He has received, and you can see it on the screens, he's received forgiveness, freedom from sin, the world, the flesh, the devil, justification, regeneration, sanctification. I owe God something for what I have received. I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. I'm in debt to the Lord. Even though He didn't say I was, that's how I feel. Isn't that how we should feel? Shouldn't we be grateful for the salvation that we have received that we didn't do anything for? It was Jesus that went to that cross. It was the life of Christ being perfect that qualified Him as the sacrifice, as payment for my sin. He did that for me. He did that for you. And He said, all I want you to do is accept me and love me. And I say yes and amen, but then I feel like, hey, you know what? I think I could give a little something back because I've been justified. I've been regenerated. I've been sanctified. I've been Spirit-filled. I've received spiritual gifts. And I've even been given great revelations. So Paul saw himself as a debtor. But his first idea was that he was obligated or a debtor to live the Gospel. Man, I hope you get that in your heart today. You are a debtor, yes, to Jesus, but the first thing Christ wants from us above all else is to live the Gospel. Not just talk Jesus, live Jesus. Not just share Jesus, but encounter in our own transformation the power of God bringing in the nature and character of Jesus into our hearts and lives. If you've been a Christian for any period of time, you should be sensing those changes ongoing. You should be finding yourself more and more matching the revelation of Jesus' nature and character. And in Romans 8 and 12, we find out that living the Gospel again makes us a debtor. Watch. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh, For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. Now, living after the flesh means that you're counting on your own abilities to be Christian. You're counting on your own strengths to be Christian. And one thing that I've found that Christians don't understand, that after we've been saved, after we've been regenerated, after we become a new creation in Christ Jesus, and even after we've been filled with the Holy Spirit and the classical sense with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, we still don't have it within ourselves to live for God in our own ability. We want to think that all those experiences make us a candidate to handle Christianity on our own. Thank you, Lord. I'll take it from here. Thank you, Jesus. I'll take it from here. And that's even preached from pulpits, and it's so wrong. 
Paul said that if you're living that way and you think because of the experiences and the knowledge and the growth that you've already had, that you're able to take over the transformation process on the inside of you, then you are walking and living after the flesh. Thank you for tuning in to Power of the Cross Radio. We hope these moments of inspiration have stirred your heart and uplifted your soul. Our mission is to share the timeless message of hope, love, and transformation that the cross represents. But we couldn't do this without you, our dedicated listeners. Your support breathes life into our broadcasts, enabling us to reach even more people with this powerful message. As you've experienced firsthand, the words spoken and the music played have the ability to touch lives and bring about positive change. If Power of the Cross Radio has become a source of encouragement and light for you, we kindly ask for your help in sustaining this ministry. Your contributions, whether big or small, make a significant impact in keeping this radio station on the airwaves. By partnering with us, you become part of a community that is spreading love, faith, and healing to all corners of the world. So please, consider supporting us financially, sharing about us with friends and family, and returning to listen. Let's continue this journey together, as we dive deeper into the profound message of the cross and its transformative power. Thank you for your unwavering support, and we look forward to having you right here with us again on Power of the Cross Radio. Remember, your involvement truly makes a difference. And until next time, stay blessed.